0: Welcome to LifeBox Media Channel Radio Podcast. It's my esteemed pleasure to have on top celebrity chef, Chef Kevin D. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for taking the time to come on.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Now, I, I, is your last name Deshaies?
1: Deshaies. Yep, that's a silent.
0: Ah, okay. DeShane, all right. I just wanted to make sure to get it right. Man, how you been holding up through all this uh, pandemic stuff, man?
1: Actually not bad you know what I, you know I was locked down for the first three or four months like everybody and then um, you know the private chef world which is my main gig other than doing TV and festivals and fun events like that uh, the private chef world started to open up again because people you know aren't too excited to go to restaurants yet and there's still that whole thing going on so I've been doing a lot of dinner parties and a lot of fun little events like that on the smaller side but I can't complain
0: Fantastic! Glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear you know people are starting to kind of get you know inoculated and kind of getting together and being safe and stuff. It's nice to see the world start to function again.
1: Oh, absolutely! For me, somebody who's you know my bread and butter is live events, whether it's a dinner party for twelve or a festival for ten thousand. I mean, it's what I do. So I just can't wait for things to get back to somewhat normal. Never will be normal one hundred percent, but
0: just a new normal, I guess. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, now let me ask you a question because the fact that I mean you know it's. It's one of these things that, you know, probably, and I know how the chef's world works, this is probably the most off time you've ever had.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, prior to being a, becoming a private chef, I was in restaurants for 25 years, and it was a much harder schedule, nights, weekends, holidays, you know, 70 right. hours a week. Being a private chef, I have a little more Ability to make my own schedule, but I'm still busy all the time. But yes, to, to go to your question, uh, the silver lining is I've been to spend been able to spend a lot more time with family and stuff like that. So that's been good.
0: Yeah, because in the chef world, when you're working in restaurants, your holidays are the busiest time.
1: Exactly. And now, I mean, I can kind of pick my spots if I, you know, if I'm on the road because I do travel the country as a private chef. If I'm on the road for five or six days, I can come home and be home for three or four days, which in a restaurant, there's no <laughs> way. Maybe it's a Monday off and you're lucky. So this way I can kind of, I actually have quality time with the wife and kids rather than just see a couple hours in the morning and I'm off to, off to the restaurant.
0: Uh, that That's awesome by itself, and I'm happy for you for that. Now, what, what got you into wanting to be a chef? Did you just wake up one day and say, oh, man, look, I, I want to I be a top dog here? Or?
1: Well, originally, I think like a lot of people who became chefs and started with their family, I started cooking with my grandmother in the kitchen at nine, doing the family meals on Sunday, you know, the Italian sauce and all that, and that's where I kind of got the the groundwork and, and the hospitality of people coming and sitting around the table for hours at a time on a Sunday afternoon into the, you know, three hours of Sunday. And then fast forward to I went off to college for business and I just always worked in restaurants to pay my way and pay the bills. And I worked my way up that way, worked with some great chefs. And I really, really took a love to the, to the hospitality industry and just kind of, you know, pushed my way through from there.
0: What is, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking I'm a couple of easy questions first. What is your favorite style of cooking?
1: I, that's that's a question I get probably daily. Right. And uh, the easy answer is um, whatever is local, seasonal, and fresh. So if I'm coming to Nashville, I'm working with local beer and distilleries. And you guys have pro- different produce than I have up here in New England. So I really enjoy working with what's available, local, and fresh. Um, When I was in a restaurant, my wheelhouse was kind of like New England comfort food, Um, you know, fresh out of the water, seafood, that upscale twists on old New England classics and things like that. But being a private chef, it's really different every night. I got a different party, usually in a different state with a different cuisine. So it really keeps it fresh for me. So the quick answer is local, seasonal and fresh. I love to work with that kind of stuff.
0: Is there any particular... Um, thing that you fancy, like when you go out, you know, do you, is, is it like, you know, cause I know a lot of times, a lot of, a lot of my buddies have been chefs over the years. They, they go out and they just, they find a great, real good local greasy spoon restaurant and that's their ticket, right? You know,
1: a hundred percent. Like I'm, um, <laughs> uh, my taste when I go out or when I eat at home, super simple. I want a classic spaghetti and meatballs or a roast chicken or something with a few ingredients that's super, you know, well done, not temperature-wise, but they do very well, and uh, I like to keep it simple on that end because I do cook some foo-foo stuff and high-end stuff and all kinds of intricate things that I get to taste and plate and do along the way. I don't want any of that stuff when I'm when I'm out <laughs> on my own or my wife's cooking. I want keep it simple.
0: Right. I, I love that, man. That's great. It's nothing like one of those 3 a.m.ers and you go out, you have a scotch, and you're having a, the local whatever-it's-really-good-with type deal, and uh it's awesome. I love that. You know,
1: I, just a good burger or a good roast half chicken or, like I said, spaghetti meatballs. Or I, I'm a huge pizza guy, so I like to go to the best pizza spot wherever I am. And you know, like simple pleasures like that just make me happy.
0: I love, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, man. There's nothing like a really good pizza. I'm, I'm a pizza snob. So. <laughs>
1: you can't beat it, and there's something about that feel of that old school pizza joint with the red checker uh, tablecloth yes, yes, and like yes. the old school candy wines on the table. Like there's something really comforting about that.
0: Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, now, now, as far as the fact of the idea of you would, what, what got you into the uh, the competitive chef part and getting you on like the the Food Network and things like that. <sighs>
1: So, you know, I became a chef first and I hold my craft for many, many years. And all that other stuff was kind of a bonus. It came along with with hard work. You know, you put time in and all these things will come. So, you know, after I was in the restaurant business for 15, 20 years, I would start to get, you know, hey, would you come on Chef Wanted? Would you want to do this? Would you want to do that? And I did it all at the beginning because it was a fun bonus. Now I kind of pick and choose a little more. But, you know, I've always been an athletic guy and played sports all through high school and college, so that competition piece is is huge for me. So I love to keep that going, even if it's in the food world. So right. like the, the great food truck race was amazing because we were in seven different cities and there's huge competition for first guests. And so I kind of translate the, the whole athletic side to, you know, the food world and put it all together and, and I, you know, it comes down to, I also love what I do. So I want to do that in front of many people as possible as well.
0: And That's awesome. You know, the food truck craze is, you know, I mean, food trucks have been around for years, but it is really cool to go find a local street food truck and, man, and go up there and you find, a, you find the good ones, you're off to the races. I mean, it's unlimited.
1: Oh, man. I mean, some of the food trucks, it's not like the old school taco truck at lunch that you used to get when you worked at the factory and you get, you know, a plate and taco and you're done. It. There's everything from lobster to, you know, fritter trucks to slider trucks, you know, dumplings noodles, anything you want, you can get in a food truck, and if it's done right, it's really just an amazing thing, because uh, the biggest problem with the restaurant is getting the guests in your restaurant when you have a food truck you can go to where the guests are right. whether it's a festival or an event or whatever it is you're doing you pull up your kitchen's there and you're off to the races and serving food so it's, people are finding out it's still hard work don't get me wrong and and a lot of stuff that you saw on TV when I was there like you saw all the fun stuff and the crowds and the pictures but you didn't see that me and my team were like cleaning out the truck at 1am at the commissary and <laughs> doing the same thing at 5 the next day trying to get ready and so it's, it's definitely hard Hard, but it is a really cool and fun thing.
0: That, and and, and actually, I'll tell you what, the restaurant business is hard work. And, and, man, I'll tell you what, it is, you know, there's glamorous parts of it, sure, but I'll tell you what, I think there's a whole lot more, your cast and crew, I think, you know, great supporting cast, I think is something that is, is incredible and makes you, right?
1: 100%. And, look, there's no substitute for hard work, no matter what you're doing. Um you know, I see a lot of young chefs trying to get into the business just so they can get on TV. And I always say, you know, learn, learn to be in the restaurant business and to cook and do some things first, because it's only going to make you look better once you get on TV. You know, you want to, you want to, you want to come off well, and you want to be a good chef before you just go on and say, "Hey, I'm quote unquote a celebrity chef." So there's no replace for hard work. And and what you said about having a good team around you is nobody can do it themselves even in a food truck you need somebody out front selling you need somebody driving you know, it's, it's a really a three-person operation and it, it takes a good team to do anything
0: oh yeah without a doubt now when it when it comes to the idea of you putting an event together and everything else I, I think that you know people uh, don't realize how much uh, work it is to do to, to a big event like you said do an event for like 10,000 people man god bless you that that's that's huge. And, yeah, and, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong. In that way, recipes change a bunch because some things, I mean, at least some recipes, because some things, um, don't equal out exactly the way when you just double and triple it, right?
1: Right. So you have to do something that are easily accessible, easy to cook. You know, sometimes it's whole roast where you're just slicing and kind of, you know, hitting it on a plate with some sauce or something that's really easy for the masses. You don't want to get into any really crazy, intricate stuff because when there's 500 people in line waiting, you don't have time to mess around. So it's like life. It's all in the prep. So if you're prepared and you have a plan, you know, and keep it simple that's my mantra always has been a few really good ingredients and you elevate them with a whether it's a great sauce or rub or something like that to kind of put your spin on it but especially when you're cooking for big events like that you're really you got to simplify you know and still make it nice
0: i love it now let me now I, i saw that you had i saw online and i did not see the event so i saw online that you and bobby flay had a little bit of a battle
1: yeah, I was on the show Beat Bobby Flay. And it was a it was a great experience. You know, it was a, filmed in New York City. He's got a beautiful studio there with, like, three floors of crowds screaming down, just like the WWE. There's fire, there's flames, <laughs> there's cameras everywhere, things flying around. And, uh, you know, I didn't win that night, but it was such a great episode, and he thought everything went so well that he asked me back to be a judge, which is a cool thing. You know, it's all about it, reality TV and rea- especially chef competitions – the best chef doesn't always win. Sometimes there's a great chef that got a bad ingredient or it's, there's just a million things that go into it. Not that I'm making any excuses because it was a great episode, but it just doesn't always pan out that way. So the best thing you can do is make those connections with, with the other chefs and the and the staff and crew and, and you just you know, keep your opportunities open for the next thing and that's exactly what I did.
0: Now, now Chef, with that being said, um, and of course food is subjective, you know, I mean, you know, right. you know, I mean, what I like on pizza, you might not, you know, so it's kind of one of those deals that you kind of, you know, kind of go as it is. And, you know, but but as as a whole, what is it like to, like, compete with, you know, because you, you are considered one of the top chefs in, in, in the country, if not the world. You know, what is it like to compete with your fellow brothers, so to speak?
1: No, I, I'm not doing a lot of competition anymore. I, I enjoy the camaraderie a lot better, whether there's you know seven of us headlining a festival like in Greenwich, Connecticut or Vegas or you know I'm here at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut where I just, before the world shut down, did one with Bobby Flay and Ron Sanchez and Alex Donner Shelley and Brian Duffy and all these great chefs from around the world. I enjoy that so much better now than the competition, just uh, the camaraderie of seeing these other chefs at different events. And what are you up to? What restaurant are you, op- uh, are you opening up? You know, what kind of ingredients are you working at uh, working with and like, check out how they're plating. They're checking out how I'm plating. It's just like, it's a lot different than the old school where chefs were battling no matter what. Chefs were against each other. Everybody's kind of come together now that the food world is like the rock and roll world. Right. And 90% of the chefs want to work together. And, you know, I've had the luxury of working with Adam Richmond and Jeff Zakarian and all these amazing chefs from, from everywhere that have restaurant empires and TV shows and all this. And I just soak it up like a sponge and I hope they do as well and and being around the other chefs is one of the highlights for doing any event for me
0: I love that is it hard getting on a show and I don't know what the behind the scenes part is because I've never been on one of the uh you know the food competition shows is it hard all of a sudden when they throw out an ingredient and boom you got to jump into it or whatever is is it that hard or is it kind of like in your you know unless it's in your wheelhouse you know is it is it normally passe
1: So early on, it was because, you know, there's cameras and makeup and all kinds of, all this other stuff going on that has nothing to do with the dish you're about to make. And so you're thinking there's a producer under the table talking in your ear and 50 other things, (laughs) and you really can't concentrate on what you're doing. And next thing you know, half the time is gone and you're looking for ingredients. Now I've become so much more comfortable with cameras where I don't even pay any attention to them. If I get some kind of random crazy ingredient, I'm just trying to and this is an insider secret for these young chefs that are, you know, competing now, I plug it into something I've done in the past. What is this similar to? What is one of my signature dishes that I make that I could plug this into? You know, something that I know I'm really good at, as opposed to maybe trying something brand new. Occasionally you have to do that, but work with something that you know and that you know that you can execute and kind of plug that ingredient in. And, uh, you know, I got advice when I was a young chef, and I think I was doing, like, This is 20 years ago. I was doing my first morning show or something like that. And I I was just a sous chef and the the chef was like, you know what? Just go and cook. Don't worry about any of that other stuff. Just go be a cook. Make that recipe like you've done 5,000 times before and it's going to come off perfect. And that's really what I tell people. Just go and do your thing, whether it's cooking or anything else. Do what you're focusing on, you know, that you're there for. Do that. And then all the other stuff will kind of fall in place.
0: I like that a lot. I, I, think, I think that's a good rule of thumb, a good common sense thing that, you know, you roll with it and kind of assimilate it to what you know. And I, I think there's some fantastic advice, not just for the restaurant world either. No,
1: right. well, anything you do. It's you know, if you're gonna be on TV or if you're doing something live in front of a crowd or if you're speaking on something and you know, I was never big into public speaking and then all of a sudden I'm in front of a crowd I'm up on stage with a jumbotron and ten thousand people and I'm making a recipe and I I don't get nervous about that anymore because I'm doing what I know and I'm just focusing on that. I'm not thinking about the cameras, I'm not thinking about the crowd. So anybody who's doing like a TED talk or whatever it is that they're doing, like you're there because you're quote-unquote an expert in your field so just focus on that and you don't have to worry about any of the peripheral stuff
0: i like that now let me ask you a question you know and, and you you know um, you know how this is were you one of these guys that had uh, with the cameras on tone it down a little bit in the kitchen because you're a worked up guy are you the gordon ramsey kind of type or are you the kind of chill or are you kind of like straight to business or all the above
1: you know it's the opposite of being the hype. I was kind of chill and always laid back and so i I would watch the early morning shows and the thing things I would do and you know, I sounded a little slow and quiet just because I was kind of more reserved unless I'm, on, you know, in the kitchen on a Saturday night and hollering and yelling at the other chefs and things like that. But for TV, I had to kind of amp it up a little bit, you know, like just just have fun with it. You know, just right. and you're having fun no matter what. So, yeah, it was kind of the opposite. And don't be so chill and don't be so calm, and relax, like show a little more. So I've tried to do some kind of mix in between there of, you know, the laid back, but getting super excited about things
0: as well. Yeah, because it can get heated in the kitchen, literally and figuratively. You know, when stuff's on the go, because everybody's around everybody, and you know, you there has to be a it has to be a great working machine, because one bump can just you know be a, a domino effect, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it literally is on a busy Saturday night in Boston or wherever, Nashville, wherever the restaurant is, it's literally choreographed chaos. So you have knives and fire, hot pans being flung around, boiling water, people running around everywhere, grease on the floor, potential slips, like people are behind you, in front of you, you know, servers running in and out. So if you haven't been doing it for a long time, it could be scary. But really, once you get a a crew in place that has been working together for a, a little while, it's a thing of beauty because people are behind and in front and like I say, just this choreographed chaos like a symphony of things banging and calling out tickets and, and steaks coming off the grill and it's just a million moving parts to a restaurant that, that people, in the kitchen in particular that people don't really know about unless they've been in a commercial kitchen.
0: We're, oh yeah, for sure. Without a doubt, it's a way different animal. Um, two quick questions about this and I'm going to get onto the stuff we're working on. We're going to talk about one, maybe a great tip to make a great burger
1: great burger um so i i have a quote unquote famous burger that i do all the time it's called a bistro burger right it's an 80 20 mix which means fat to meat ratio so you want to get that 20 percent, so it's nice and juicy if you go too lean you're going to get dried out and that's the, the opposite of what you want in a good burger Right. and i fold in a little gorgonzola salt and pepper some fresh chopped parsley and a, a little bit of Worcestershire all right into the mix. And I make my patty with a, you know, nice piece of iceberg lettuce and a beautiful heirloom summer tomato on top. Oh. And you're good to go. So you know, get that good mix of, of beef um, and just a couple really good, simple ingredients. And you got a good
0: burger. You know, I've been doing interviews on both sides for a long time. And I think that's the biggest question I ever regretted because now I'm so damn hungry. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you
1: throw a piece of applewood smoked bacon on there, and oh! or try a fried egg or something like that, and you're, it's heaven, right? So, and, and don't overthink it. And, and the one other thing about grilling a burger, oh, I've seen a thousand home cooks, they're messing with it and they're squeezing it and they're flipping it a hundred times. You really just need to flip it, turn it once on each side, flip it once and just let it cook. The more you mess with it and squeeze the juice out of it and poke and prod at it, the more you mess with that integrity of the burger. So just let
0: it cook, chef. You got my stomach turning inside and out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Um, now that, that that's great advice, and I love that. I think the messing with the part is a really big deal. Um, and and one quick tip for a steak.
1: Steak's the same. Super hot grill, salt, nice, you know, aggressively seasoned. I always say that because. People tend to under season, but they don't realize that when you're when you're salt and pepper in your steak, a lot falls off. Some falls off on the grill, so you want to get a nice salt and pepper crust. So aggressively season on both sides. Yep. You want to you want to let it sit out on the on the counter for five minutes before you cook it, so it kind of comes down in temp, so it's not super cold when you throw it on the grill. And just uh, you know, turn it once to get those diamonds. Flip it over, turn it again, and if you want to pop it in a low oven to kind of finish it off that's the key to keeping a nice juicy steak. So if you like it medium rare, you just mark it up and you throw it in like an oven at 325 for five, 10 minutes and you can pull it out and it's still perfect medium rare. And you've locked in all those juices and you're good to go. And then the last thing would be once you pull it out of the oven, you let it rest for a minute or two. Don't ever slice right into it. Cause you lose all your juices and flavor on your cotton board. So definitely let it rest a little and release. And then when you slice it, all that nice flavors and tasty bits will be inside.
0: I love that. The resting part's one of the I think the key things to to uh, a great steak, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. A lot of people are like, "I gotta slice this up right away." Just take it off, set it next to the grill or next to the oven, somewhere that's warm, not cold, and just let it relax a little bit. And what will happen is it will ease up, and you won't. You know, if you if you slice it once and you see all the juice come out onto your cutting board, that's not what you want. You want you want that. That's your flavor. You want that to stay in there. So just let it rest for a minute or two and you're good to go.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that great tip. Now, we have a couple changes that you you, you text me about this morning because you have this really had this really big event coming up uh, in June the 3rd. So tell me what's going on with it, my friend.
1: So we originally had a planned at Gavin DeGraw's Nashville Underground, which I love. I've done a guest chef dinner there before. Amazing crew. Um, we were going to do a rooftop fashion show and then a, and a concert downstairs with uh, Nick from American Idol and Carolyn Jones and all this stuff. Because of what else? COVID. One of our sponsors... Kind of was still iffy about traveling to Nashville. We've had to shift gears, and we've moved it up here to New England. And now it's in beautiful Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, It's waterfront. There's boats. There's going to be a red carpet. Uh, Nick Fernani from uh, American Idol, he won season 14. He's going to be our headliner. Um, we got some of the Patriots showing up. we got some of the Red Sox showing up. It's going to be a fun one. It's benefiting Stephen Tyler's Janie's Fund uh, and Youth Villages, which is a great, um, you know, national fund, but also based there in Nashville yes, to help you know at-risk young girls and women. And it's a it's a great cause. So we're still benefiting them. We just had to shift gears. We're still going to do the Nashville event. And we pushed it to maybe September, and hopefully, the world will be. Back to normal by then, but we're still going to do it. But we've had to shift gears because of everything that's going on still.
0: I understand that, my friend. I appreciate you giving me the uptake on that. Um, I'm glad that it's kind of funny that, you know, you, we kind of come about this. And I know you just found out recently. So you coming on the show was a perfect time that we'd already had to schedule.
1: Yeah, I mean, it works out perfectly. Listen, I love Nashville. It's one of my favorite places. and I was really looking forward to getting down there in June. But, you know, we'll definitely be back in September. And then this event up here in Newport, not only is it going to be a blast and a fun party, it's outside open air, waterfront, so COVID safe. Um, But we also have that Nashville event in September to look forward to. So, you know, I always love to have an excuse to get to Nashville, and it's all for a good cause.
0: Absolutely. Now, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about the place where uh, you're having this event at in, in New England.
1: So it's called The Reef uh, in Newport. It's right on the water. Oh, the that's a beautiful over. place. Yeah, yeah. So um, right off the wharf, uh, right off Thames Streets, which is the, kind of the main drag, and in, in Newport's known as the city by the sea. Uh, it is technically on an island. You're going to go over a couple bridges to get there, but it's just like a picturesque New England village. In that event, uh, you know, on June 3rd, hopefully it's a beautiful 75 degree night um, with the boats floating by and the music with Nick and also got a buddy out of Vermont named Chad Hollister who's going to be playing a set. Uh, I'm going to do a live cooking demo and make some cocktails and and do a recipe up on stage before the guys go on and start doing the music. Uh, So it's just going to be a really cool night. It's going to be some fun exotic cars parked there, like just a really fun event.
0: I love that. That is that is awesome. And I'm sure and there's nothing like going out and hanging out on any part of the shore there and relaxing, man. It is gorgeous up there.
1: Yeah, and listen, I I although I've been doing all these little small events, this is the real first real deal <laughs> ticketed fun event for like a hundred to 150 people that I've done in a year and a half. And most of these people that are coming and buying tickets haven't either. So it's going to be really like, a, you know, we're launching the magazine lifestyle, which, uh, is this is a music edition, which is why we picked Nashville in the first place, bunch of Nashville and, you know, natural artists in there. We're, we're revealing an iconic rock and roll hall of famer for the cover at this event. Um, And it's just a beautiful place to do it in Newport. And like I said, a beautiful summer night. I'm really looking forward to just partying with everybody again, because it's been so long. So it's going to be kind of a a coming out party for everybody that's been cooped
0: up for a year and a half. Absolutely. I love that. And and a great cause and a great cause. I mean, you know, hats off to all of you guys, you, Renee, everybody for, uh, you know, putting together such a great, you know, an event for such a great cause and shifting gears, which I know is not easy to do, um, to do this. So that's why I want everybody to go out and make sure to check it out and support it. Where can everybody get tickets at?
1: Uh, you can get tickets at the magazine lifestyle.com. Uh, and it's a super all-inclusive ticket. Everything other than the cash bar, there's going to be food stations. There's going to be shots on the red carpet. We've got all kinds of cool sponsors, New England vodka and beer and, and some great Prosecco bubbly and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, the two guys that are performing—I mean, Nick from American Idol—is is an amazing talent. Yes. So that's going to be a fun set. So you get the music, you get the food. There's going to be welcome champagne, red carpet. So for fifty bucks, it really is a good deal. And then you buy a couple of drinks, and that money's going to go to to Stephen Tyler's Janie Fund in Youth Villages. So that, you know, obviously, drink responsibly, but we encourage people to have a few drinks and have a blast.
0: And that's what—that's why we have Uber and Lyft.
1: if they had uber and lyft when i was in college
0: 20 years ago it would have been a whole different world oh brother i'm telling you right (laughs) (laughs)
1: what a good thing man you don't have to worry about driving or anything like that anymore
0: absolutely without a doubt you know and i'll tell you what i've spent more going to the movies so you know, oh, one hundred
1: percent. If you know, I take my wife out to dinner, and the bill's a hundred bucks easy, no matter what we do. Yeah, yeah, so. it's not.
0: So, so I mean, and this goes to a great cause, and you have some great drinks, and you know, some great entertainment, and, and uh, you know, some great people, and you meet some people that you you never normally have the opportunity to meet. I think that's really well done by you guys putting this together, especially in, and and all of a sudden making it on the shift and on the fly and adjusting. it. I think that's fantastic. Uh, that you guys done well done to all of you guys. Um, let me ask you a question, Chef. With with you, you know, taking some time off that you did, obviously, and I know it's like riding a bike, you get back on, but you doing an event like this, all of a sudden throwing back in. Do you sit there and, you know, are your skills just in your mind that it's just so passe to you to be able to throw this together? You know, and I don't mean daisily throw it together, but put it together, you know, because you've been doing it so long, or does it still come excitement to you and you still get thrilled to do it?
1: I still get pumped to do it. I mean, this is what I do, and bringing people together. Whether it's the sponsors and, and seeing all these people at these events, I mean, look, we've hit some roadblocks. There was gen there was a time a year and a half ago where I could text any number of sponsors, TV shows, anything like that, and they get back to me within one second. We'd love to be part of your event. we we'll donate X amount to to the charity and da da da. Now, I, you know, I'm reaching out, and a lot of people don't have their jobs anymore, and a lot of people aren't in those positions anymore to do that kind of thing. So, you know, like, if, you know, I hate continuing to use the word pivot, but you ha- you really have to think on the fly. And as a chef that's what you do. It's like I can strip it down to you run out of something in a restaurant, and you, you switch something out and make it a special, and there you go. you got a new dish, and that's kind of what I do. So, you know, just a few little hurdles, like reaching out to people that were no longer with – their distributors or their companies or their charities or you know because of this whole disaster that we've all gone through in the last year and a half, but you you just keep pushing along. And luckily we got a lot of people involved like Angelini wine and wash ashore beer and Kiel Kiel vodka, all, all great new England brands. Right. Um, that are are donating product that, you know, the proceeds are going to go to Janie's fund and, uh, but not easy, but uh, you know, I still really get excited about doing it and, and, and I'm glad that, you know, things are opening up a little bit.
0: And I love the fact that, you know, because of the fact that the restaurant industry has been hurt so much because of how hard that the staff works and, you know, and, and live on a lot of tips is their living. So I, I'm i happy to see, uh, you know, the restaurant starting to get back to function so people can make a living again, because I know how hard it is in the industry to do that. And, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you, you, know, you go from making X amount of dollars a week to you don't
1: yeah and the reef has been really great about working with us because you know they've they've been hit just like everybody else in the restaurant industry so they're excited to host an event like this so they're working with us on all fronts and they're, they're helping cross promote and they're just they've been super great to work with um so that is the silver lining everybody's really hungry to to get back in the mix so those people that are that have been plugging along this whole time are hitting the ground running and you know those people who kind of sat back and just waited for things—they're they're going to be behind. So I mean, that's why I never—I never stopped. You know, I, I was working right through, and I, you know, I would travel to do a 2 top in Connecticut during COVID when I never would do that before because I was "quote, quote unquote" too busy. But right. during COVID, like I'm doing a bit of everything to to, to keep the things alive i got kids i got a wife i gotta work just like everybody else so you know you 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 put your head down and you forge your head and you do what you got to do
0: absolutely a big shout out to the reef anybody's up there they need to go check it out man just besides the event it's an awesome place but i mean you know it's an awesome place to go out you know, and, and have a great time and have a have a great meal. So, um now, as far as the fact of you, do you feel like it's, you know, that you're putting this all together? What kind of, do we have an idea of some type of food you're going to be uh, showing off?
1: I'm uh, probably going to do a couple of my signatures. Uh, I, I have a, a ginger sheared scallop that I do on the Today Show that everybody always asks me to do, so I might do something like that. And then, as far as, like, to, I'll do a cocktail pairing, something nice and citrusy and fresh for summer in New England you know something like that but again super simple so and then you know the the reef itself is going to have like a, a, some really cool interactive food stations like you know taco station and you know lobster rolls and all kinds of really fun New England things that it's not going to be a stuffy kind of sit down dinner people can go around and pick what they want and you know if you feel like it's like a taco you go over there you feel like a lobster roll you go over there you want something you know charcuterie you go over there so a lot of fun and a great mix of. of of stuff for people to
0: choose from. That's great. Now, everybody's trying, a lot lot of people are trying to eat healthy and, you know, they they joke about, you know, losing the COVID-19. I think I found it, but that's okay. I'll have to work it off. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, I'll ask you a question you're probably not asked often. What is a great thing to spice up a simple salad?
1: (sighs) Uh... I, so I have a couple simple salads that I do, and whether it's just like a, you know, I, I do a fun one with uh, poached pears, and I add a little candied pecans on there just for that crunch, wow. uh, a little more, a little more protein, something like that. Um, but you can really whatever. It's all like you said earlier. It's all. Perspective—it's all what you like for flavor. So, if there's something you want, you like and it's healthy, throw it in your salad, mix it in. You know, as long as it's not some kind of crazy opposing flavors. But other than that, stick with what you like. But uh, you know, a few simple fresh ingredients—whether it's you know fruit, like with the poached pears, or you know, I do a salad, and it could be called a traditional like summer toss salad. But I use. Use an heirloom tomato. Use English cucumbers. Throw some fresh basil in there and do a fun, like, citrus or champagne vinaigrette to, to be something a little different than just, like, a tossed salad with Italian on it. You know, it's still, still the same idea, but you're using nicer, fresher ingredients to get to the same, you know, end, and it's always it's always better for you to, to do it that way as well.
0: Absolutely, and I, and I love it. And, and, you know, the English cucumber is a great deal. That's a big difference in taste right there.
1: Yeah, it's fresher. It's crisper. Um, and with the fresh basil, you get that fresh herb and with the citrus, it brightens the whole thing up. Like, I mean, I do one of the most simple things on a dessert, not to shift gears from salad to dessert, but I do whipped cream, whether I make my own or use aerosol, depending on what, what it's at. But I put a little lemon zest on top and without a doubt, no matter how many crazy fun ingredients that I make, if it's caramel, salted caramel, this, that, and the other thing for the dessert, they, I I always get people that say oh, that little bit of lemon on that cream just makes the whole dish. So a little thing like that can elevate your entire dish with some fresh
0: citrus on top. That's awesome. I love that. I'm going to to try that out myself, Chef. Thank you. You got it. That's that's a great one. Now, what else do you have coming up?
1: So, you know, a lot of the... uh, Big events are starting to reschedule. I'm gonna be one of the headlining chefs at the Vegas Food and Wine, which is in October. I'm gonna be out at the nightclub and bar show, which is also in Vegas, in June. And we have a big like food and beverage innovation center and there's ten of us chefs from all over the world. That come in there and, you know, we work with like the latest cutting edge equipment and we show restaurateurs and bar and nightclub owners how to do some fun dishes that are maybe a little cheaper, maybe a little easier. Maybe they can do with one piece of equipment to kind of streamline their business. So that's uh, Vegas end of June. That's the nightclub and bar. And then, you know, like uh, Newport up here, Newport Wine and Food and Greenwich Wine and Food. Hopefully those things are opening up a little bit. And other than that, just a lot of fun private chef events. And, you know, a lot of people had these massive weddings planned for 200 and 300 people. They're now shifting gears to do it with 35, you know, at their mother-in-law's backyard, which is where I come in and, and we do a, a fun scaled back version with a lot less people but a lot nicer food and things like that so it's quote-unquote the micro weddings so i got a lot of those things going on too
0: do you dig really uh, the intimate setting of like you know less than 100 people chef is that really cool for you and or do you really love the challenge of you know thousand people or whatever
1: um it's all different i really love the 10 to 30 dinner parties because I can interact with everybody and I can spend time on each dish and, you know, we get a lot of questions and and I, it could really spend time with every person. I just did one down in Huntsville, Alabama, which was about 60 people. That was actually in a restaurant. It was I do this guest chef experience where I travel the country and work in some of the best restaurants. I go in for a night with my own menu, bring in local beer, wine, spirits to kind of tie in the local Um, market from that end and just let me tell you the people down there I I stopped and talked to every single person at every single table and you know I love the people down there And but to answer your question the smaller events I love I I really enjoy doing the big big ones but I only do a handful of those a year I I like to stick with the smaller um, you know like I said that 10 to 30 person is much more intimate and they get a lot more of me
0: I can dig it. I like that. So let me ask you a question off of off off of work. What do you do to relax, man? You know, do you, do you go running? Do you watch Netflix? Do you, What's been your deal to kind of like get away from the real world?
1: I try to go to the gym as much as I can. A lot more now, like you said, I'm trying to drop that COVID-15, <laughs> uh, especially with this big event coming up in uh, a red carpet and all that stuff. And uh, trying to get in shape. Always have played sports, so I like to shoot hoops with um, playing on a team with my buddies prior to everything getting shut down. Um, And then I have a two- and three-year-old, three-and-four now, uh, babies at home, which keep me plenty busy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, running around crazy. So, you know, I I stay pretty busy otherwise. And then I'm always working, whether it's on the phone or, you know, I try to to multitask as much as possible. Like I was just on the treadmill prior to talking to you, and I probably sent 20 emails.
0: (laughs) Right on. I understand that. Definitely. That's the best
1: time to get work done. So it's like, you know, multitasking is
0: huge. Absolutely. Now I asked you a couple friend fun questions out there. Okay, a night of dinner and dancing or a movie?
1: Oh, I go dinner and movie. I love to go. I'm not a huge dancer. I love that everybody else does, but I kind of just bounce around and let everybody else dance. I could slow dance with my wife 100%, but I, I don't have a, I have one or two. Signature moves Other than that I'm
0: done <laughs> Good answer That's a different answer But I love it It's a great answer That's a good answer you know, you Please everybody On that one chef Um yeah. Comedy or horror Comedy Nice You got a favorite One or two
1: Um don't tell anybody, but I'm a big, like, rom-com guy, and I'm a softie at heart, so all those romantic comedies back in the day, uh, <laughs> yeah, I loved them, That you know, so, and not a big horror guy, I mean, I love the classics around Halloween and stuff right. like that, but don't spend a lot of time in the horror genre.
0: Okay, that's cool. Rock or country?
1: Always been rock, but leaning more towards country these days, because I, I've, at least in my opinion, and I'm a huge music guy, you know, classic rock hard rock, uh, you know, some pop and stuff like that, but always been. But I believe that country is a new rock now. I mean, as far as all the bands and, uh, you know, all the subject matter and all the things that the country artists are singing about now. And and they have, they have a more rock and roll aspect now, as opposed to the old school. And I love the George Straits and and Tim McGraw's. I had the luxury of working with Tim McGraw up here at Greenwich food and wine. And he, let me tell you, That guy put the crowd on a string the entire night, and they were living and dying by every single word he sang, playing guitar, amazing show. So I'm a rock guy at heart, but I'm getting more and more into country.
0: um, Now, this is different from you, but, you know, who was your influence as a chef growing up, man? Is there somebody you saw on TV that you said, I want to be like them? You know, like back when I was growing up, you had Chef Tell and guys like that, On you know, and Galloping Gourmet were the only two people, or or, uh, or um, the lady, I can't think of her name, but um, and I'm drawn back. But, like, was there somebody on TV that you saw that said, yeah, man, that, that kind of, you know, want to be it, like watching a TV show, or, or was it the Ramseys? Yeah, or, my,
1: my first memories of the quote-unquote celebrity chef was Emeril.
0: Ah, okay. Well,
1: so he had a he had a full-on show, like a, a, a show with, he had a band, he right. had a crowd, he was cooking food, they were drinking wine and making cocktails, the, the crowd was interacting, and I was like, whoa, you know, back when I started, the, the chef was behind the kitchen walls. Nobody cared who the chef was. They didn't want to know what was in their food. Now it's just the polar opposite. you so Yeah, when I saw him, I was like, wow, this is a whole different world because it's interactive and he's doing the bam and he's cutting the commercial and like I said, he's got, there's music playing and people are drinking and just having fun and like, that's an event I want to be at. That's how it should be, you know? So yeah, he was my first, like him and Yan can cook were like the first two cooking shows. I remember way, way back in the late, late eighties, early nineties. Right. Um, Um, so they would be the first memories that I had of like a TV chef.
0: Nice. Is there anybody, uh, that, you know, in your field, you would like to work with that you haven't worked with yet?
1: Uh, well, rest of the soul. Antonio Bardane was a huge, uh, guy for me just his travels and the way he could articulate when i was a young cook i read kitchen confidential and and he was talking about a lot of things in there that only a restaurant cook would know about like i'm like he's speaking my language i and and to hear him talk on his later tv shows the way he would actually articulate what was happening when you know a lot of people think that but they can't kind of convey that in words so you know, I would have loved to work with him. I didn't get a chance to. And that's unfortunate. But he was a big one and I just love his style. And he's kind of a rebel, but still still refined and likes good food and travels around to other cultures. And I do that at a much smaller level, whether it's going to Nashville or going to the West Coast or you know, when I brought my cuisine to the Great Truck Race, I felt a lot like that because I was I was making lobster fritters in Yuma, Arizona. And they're like, what the hell is this? We don't, we don't, you don't get lobster around here. They don't. So, <laughs> you know, so I felt like I was, you know, kind of bringing that, my flavor to these different towns and cities that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. So that was a really cool part of that as well.
0: Now, okay. So, and that's great. Steak or lobster?
1: Steak. Love lobster, but it can't be a good steak.
0: I, I, I agree hundred percent. One thing you wish you could cook better?
1: Uh, I'd have to say desserts. I mean, I have a handful in my repertoire. You know, six, seven, eight that I can make stellar. But not having spent a lot of time baking and doing all that stuff, I'd like to get into a, a little more of that to be able to do that a little better. I mean, otherwise, I got to not to say I know everything, which I definitely do not. But that's one that I could definitely grow and learn a lot in the, the the pastries, the baking, that side of it.
0: That's an entirely different animal outside of a couple of standbys, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, look, every chef can make a panna cotta or a chocolate tour or a handful of other little things, Like I and I do a fun one of my own, which is with a Southern Biscuit. It's a Grand Marnier, berry compote with some caramel and that lemon cream I was talking about. So I have a few signature ones that I've been working on over the years, but I just never really had the time or took the time for the actual baking process because that's a science. You know, I cook more from feel and taste and all that where the baking is, you have to have the measurements and the chemistry and everything spot on or, you know, your souffle will drop and what do you got then? You just spent an hour, you know, so... Baking, long
0: story short, yeah. Done that before, chef. Done that before, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Okay, and and and, and I love that and I appreciate you sharing that part because I know that was an off the ball question. But you know, and what's your favorite thing to cook? <laughs>
1: Uh, it goes back to the local seasonal stuff. Like, I, I, I get excited about, like, whether it's a farmer's market or something. No, like, I mean, but I'm, I'm going
0: to narrow you down, Chef. What do you, if you say, yeah, man, come on, I really want to, yeah, I mean, you know, something that really is, like, one of your favorite things you get super excited about?
1: Well, fresh seafood is huge. So, whether it's, like, a uh, seared striped bass or an East Coast halibut or something nice. like that, you know, super simple salt and pepper and some citrus, uh, I, I love working with fresh seafood.
0: Fantastic. That is awesome. You know, it's been such a great time having you on, Chef. I really appreciate you taking the time. And, and you know, and, and tell everybody where they can find you on social media.
1: Yeah, my Instagram is at Chef one Twitter is Chef KevD. And you can also check out my website, which has everything on it, at ChefKevD.com.
0: And so with this, with this event being changed, okay, everything's going to still be the same on June the 3rd. But give us one down one more time of where it's going to be and how people can get tickets.
1: June 3rd, the Reef in Newport, Rhode Island, red carpet, yachts, exotic cars, quote-unquote celebs, athletes, great food, great cocktails. Uh, Nick, the winner from American Idol, is going to be playing. Get tickets at the lifestyle.com. They're only 50 bucks. They include food. There's going to be all, all kinds of fun cocktails being made. I'm going to be doing a live demo. Uh, so, I'm going to also put the ticket link up on com so you can go to either of those
0: two places and get tickets. And we're going to have all this information listed as well. Shifty is it's been such a pleasure. Please don't be a stranger, my friend. Please come back on again. And, and we'll, we'll also push the event which has been shifted to September for Nashville and but man it has been such a pleasure having you on thank you so much
1: listen thanks for having me it's been a pleasure to speak with you as well I look forward to potentially working with you in the future and talking again
0: absolutely what do you want to say to all your fans out there you know we're in 49 countries we just added Egypt to it thank you Egypt what do you want to say to all your you know fans out there around the world that listen to us you know listen to the show <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's been a tough year for everybody, but all I can say is just keep cooking, keep pushing ahead. There's light at the end of the tunnel now, so things are looking up and just, uh, you know, get after it. Whatever it is you do, keep at it.
0: Uh, fantastic. Oh, real quick, where can people reach out to you if they want you to chef their event?
1: They can go right to com. There's a contact page there and you can just reach out to me right there.
0: Lifebox Media Channel, celebrity chef extraordinaire, Mr. Kevin, Chef Kevin D., thank you so much, man. You have a great day. Lifebox Media Channel, we are out.